This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and as promised, my experience flying Air Canada. Now, if you would like to watch a trip report of my Vancouver to Montreal flight, you can do so by checking out the YouTube channel DJ's Aviation, where there'll be video and narration, although this podcast takes a bit more of a relaxed approach with uh, discussing some things I did not have the time to speak about, maybe as in-depth uh, due to the limit in time I had recorded of footage. I want to also mention that you can listen to this podcast on any streaming platform of your choosing. So whether you're on SoundCloud now, you can move across to Spotify, uh, Apple, and much more. Just be sure to give the podcast a follow that way you will not miss a single episode when it does go live this is also finally a pre-recorded episode as at the time this will be going live i'll be in the process of recovery from uh, recovering pardon me from having all of my wisdom teeth removed the general premise and the way this podcast is going to run is we're going to begin off the bat with the vancouver to montreal flight and then we'll transfer in the Montreal to Los Angeles service. Of course, two different experiences that I definitely want to take the time to review for you all and just do a deep dive into my thoughts. And um, I would personally say they're in- intriguing and interesting. I, I have a, a different angle on it that I would love to sort of get underway and discuss. So the best place to start right off the bat is at the check-in at Vancouver International Airport. I found it to be a, a little bit messy, Um there are a lot of people, not just myself, that were very, very confused about what was actually taking place, as in what counter to go to. Now, uh, some backstory, but I was an international passenger transferring to a domestic flight, which means I needed to collect my bags, which was not necessarily a problem. And then I had to uh, go to the Air Canada domestic check-in, if you will. That, though, I'd argue was not marked all that clearly. There was uh, people, uh, about 20 people in a line for what was labelled as Air Canada check-in. And then, um, obviously, I guess this is something I would have known had I been in Vancouver, but I'd never been before. And then they said, where are you going? Where are you going? And basically, everyone in the line was going on a domestic flight, but that was the international check-in to London. So it was it was a tad confusing. Um, I was not the only one that was there. I'm just like, what? And I said, it's a bit further along. As for the check-in process, it was very, very simple and... Uh, very speedy. I, I simply just put my, showed them my ticket, showed the bag tag, put the bag in, and then yeah, I, w- I was free to go. Now, of course, I was recording a trip report, so I didn't go right through security, as you'll see in the uh, trip report on the YouTube channel. I was filming various different uh, B-roll clips that I knew I wanted to narrate over, but it was a very smooth process once I actually got to the check-in desk. I won't go too much into Vancouver Airport because I loved it. 
we're going to move straight towards the boarding. Now, the boarding was very, very messy. I was in a preferred seat, and I was led to believe that that gave you uh, a bit of priority boarding based on your zones, um, which was something that I'm pretty sure was listed in the ticket. It's quite a lot of more, uh, quite a lot more money, pardon me, to get the preferred seating. Uh, you get extra leg room and, and a couple of other benefits. And I did get it mainly, I'm not going to lie to you, for the view out the window because I wanted to do the report and wanted to have a cool view of the engine uh, for the landing. That's really the only reason why. Um, and naturally, they make you pay more. So yeah, I paid the extra, but there was no priority boarding and Air Canada boards and zones. Now, that's something that's definitely been adopted, I would argue, more so since the pandemic. That's not to say that zonal boarding hasn't existed prior because it has. But I think regarding the actual implementation of that probably wasn't as severe as it is now because they try and board you. It's hilarious. They try and board you with social distancing so you're not all crammed in the uh, the jet bridge. But then you get on the plane and you're all crammed together for five, six hours. It's it's always little things like that that just make me, make me laugh quite a fair bit. So yeah, it was zonal boarding and uh, it, it just wasn't followed though. You know, you can say, oh, zone one, zone two, and then these people were preferred and then they weren't allowed to board earlier. And then, and look, I don't have a problem, but I was one of the like last to board the plane just purely because I couldn't get past other people. And then they wouldn't, when I was like, oh, is this this? They wouldn't let you on. It was very, very weird. And I think there was pretty much no organization to the process at all. It was, hey, we're, we're accepting zone one, but then zone two and three arrive and they still let them on. So it's one of the, it's like, it's a strict implementation to the point of when you go and ask them, but then when they actually, when push comes to shove, they don't seem to really care or they pick and choose. If you're a little bit too early, if you're one of the first ones, um, that comes up, say, for zone one boarding, but you're zone two, they'll deny you. But if you came in two minutes, they'd probably just let you through because they don't want to send you back. So it, it was a bit messy, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes. The cabin product on board the 737 MAX, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. I mean, I struggled to sleep, but that was for other reasons. As for being comfortable, I think it's just what you would expect. It's a narrow-body aircraft. It was about a four-and-a-half-hour flight, and I think, to my knowledge... That's the longest narrow-body flight I've ever been on. Um, I think before that, it would have probably been Melbourne to Queenstown on the 320 with Air New Zealand, uh, which is... I don't believe that's four and a half hours to five. I think it's a lot shorter. I think it might even be like three or something. So, yeah, the longest flight I've had on a narrow-body. It wasn't too much of an issue. I'm not... You know, I'm not someone like that's... uh, got gripes with that although i don't think i would do like 10 hours on a narrow body personally i think that's probably drawing the line in my own personal choice and i was in a preferred seat so i had that extra leg room which definitely made a difference although i didn't get to see what the leg room on the regular seats were so i wasn't able to like compare i definitely imagine them to be a lot more cramped than the preferred seats uh but i honestly would say as someone who is not over six foot uh that you're standard seat would be perfectly fine i just chose to do it because i get the preferred seat because i wanted to do the the flight review the ife was very very responsive i had absolutely no issues with that um and yeah i I genuinely thought it was a very very nice cabin and very comfortable and the ride on the 737 max was brilliant but i'll get into that uh, a little bit later so regarding the service on board air canada this is something that I had never heard anyone talk about, but so I was a bit unsure when I had deboarded the aircraft when I was looking back at my flight. Um, I wasn't sure if I was being too critical, but it does seem like Air Canada is the kind of airline that 
uh, they're quite pricey. I'm not going to lie to you. They're very, very pricey, but they're like no frills as in they adopt a, a method where they won't. I don't know if that's because of the pandemic, but everything costs a, additional money, like even to the point where I had a woman on the aisle and she wanted to uh, watch something on the IFE, but she didn't have the earphones. And then it was like two bucks. I think it was two bucks or three bucks for the earphones. And they were like really cheap, crap earphones and um, like the corded ones. But the ones where you could probably just knock it with your finger and it would split in half. And I w- that shocked me because I was like, I didn't think that was Air Canada. Do you know what I mean? Now, forgive me because I'm probably wrong and uh, maybe that is how they're meant to be. But for their prices, I thought even just the courtesy of having some earphones would be helpful. I mean, if they were cheaper, then I'd have no issue. Do you know what I mean? But they are quite expensive. So that's when I said in uh, my flight review, I said about comparing the different carriers in Canada and what they offer for their price range. And I know Air Canada is probably more on the pricey side and maybe for what they offer with when it comes to food earphones and just general service they're not necessarily worth your time but because i have not flown WestJet or and i've not flown any of the other canadian airlines that are up and coming i can't necessarily say that oh yes that experience is better that's that's got to be down to other people if you know what i mean all i can do is go off um my experience and and say that it was a bit i was a bit shocked just for how much i was paying because i value the amount of money I put into a ticket. Like, flying is very, very expensive. So, no, I don't want a, a private car to the, the thing. But And I don't want to come off as big-headed either and say, I think I deserve this and this, because that's not what I necessarily am getting at. I'm just getting at the fact that I'm paying so much for the ticket and uh, you get nothing necessarily. But maybe you fly with a cheaper airline and you get nothing, but you save a bit of money. So maybe that's something that is helpful to you if you're going to be booking flights and you're looking at everything like it's already very expensive and if you need anything on that flight it's going to cost more money complimentary water was served very small albeit i think if you did want it bigger you'd have to pay uh so i didn't i didn't have anything that that specific flight luckily i did eat before because i figured it may be quite hard to get food on board i didn't imagine it'd be that hard but i i ate before so i was perfectly fine in that sense um so yeah, it was just the additional costs were something that did shock me um, and something I did not necessarily expect from Air Canada. I always saw them as like a Qantas in that in that respect. Obviously, I do not like Qantas, but I will always remain adamant that their onboard service is good. And uh, I guess they're very much in the same price range, Qantas and Air Canada, at least from where my experience when it comes to booking flights. Um, and I just see them as like similar airlines in their own way. Uh, so... When I compare Air Canada and Qantas and I see the differences, it's like, oh, wow. Uh, yes, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, I was fine and I survived. I just thought that was worth mentioning. As for the overall 737 MAX experience, I would say that it was very nice. It's probably one of the nicest narrowbodies I've flown on. Um, that being said, the A220 was also good. But the 737 MAX, as this was the first flight I had done on in, in Canada... I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was smooth. It wasn't noisy at all. Um, We didn't have any turbulence that probably helped it. Just a very, very smooth flight overall, and I I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, Would I fly a Canada again? Well, I am, and I did in this exact trip. 
But uh, if there were better, if there were more clear, concise alternatives that were not a nightmare trying to book, or the route didn't exist at this date, and then it only existed at this time, which didn't link up with when I was flying in, um, I would definitely give those carriers a go. But similar to Qantas, sometimes you're only left with one choice, whether it be for baggage, circumstances like allergies, and so much more, which do make it quite difficult. Uh, now that's going to conclude the seven three seven Max part because we're moving now on to the flight from Montreal to Los Angeles which is on the pathway heading back to Australia you're listening to the DJ's aviation podcast stay tuned as we depart into another topic so check-in at Montreal was very confusing it was one of those self 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 check-in kiosks and I don't like that it's weird. I'm 21 now, but I hate the self-checking kiosks and doing it myself. I get so confused of what buttons to press, or I feel like I'm just going to click something the wrong way, or then the machines lag, and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on, and then someone else's machine doesn't work, and then you need to get a representative to help you, and it's just it's just a recipe for disaster, and I do not like them. I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind using them for domestic flights, but when it comes to... When I have, like, 33 hours of travelling ahead of me, the last thing I want to be doing is trying to work out how the hell to check in when I already did, and then it's asking for all my information and the bag tags, and I would just rather go up to someone and provide that information. And I know there's people that agree with me, and I know there's people that prefer uh, those self-checking kiosks. And it's funny, because I usually like doing everything independently. Like, I don't want to go up to someone... I'd rather scan all my items at the supermarket, but for something like this, when it's it's travel-related, and I guess, especially during the pandemic, just to know uh, that you have everything required and you're doing everything correctly because you don't want to get stuck somewhere, self-check-in always leaves me just like that tiny bit worried about what, what may happen. Montreal Airport on a whole was nice, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I did like Vancouver better, but there was nothing wrong with uh, Montreal Airport. Um, and I had like a, a little meal at one of the only places that was a sit down, like mini restaurant sports bar that you could eat at a two twenty boarding was similar. It was zones, but I found that to be probably executed far better, if you will. And boarding was on time. Pushback was on time. Now, this was my first time flying the a two twenty or affectionately and formerly known as the C series. So I was very, very excited to give it a go. The air Canada uh, economy is like two and then three. So I'm pretty sure it's two and three. So I was on the side with two. Um, and that was also a unique experience because I don't think I've flown on an aircraft before in my life where it's two, three or two, two or one, one. Do you know what I mean? Like I've only ever flown either three, three or like three, four, three, 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 even I think once three, five, three, but yeah. So that was just something that was also another experience. I felt closer to the aisle, but there was still someone sat next to me. Again, this time, or this time I should mention I was not in a preferred seat, so I was just in a regular seat, and it was fine. So that's why I guess I compare it and I say I was okay, and I knew I'd be okay, because I'm not tall, but someone else may want to look at having that preferred seat in the future because they just see it as a better alternative for them if they're taller Um or maybe a bit bigger, and it's just more comfortable to get a bit more space. But I was fine in the seat. I think it was like 26A I was in, maybe. I was just just past the wing. So it was a great view as well of the wing, and that's what I do enjoy. I love looking at the window. So getting a good view of the wing and the sunset, and then hopefully getting a great takeoff video and landing video and seeing the lights over the United States is something I do enjoy. So I always go for window. 
Uh, what was served to Los Angeles? Well, nothing. It was a six-hour flight, sort of, but nothing was served, which again was another thing. I was quite shocked, and I'm not the only person that thinks this, and I guess that makes me uh, have some sort of... Uh, how would I put it? I feel a bit more grounded when I know I'm not the only person that's shocked at this, but for the six hours, like, nothing served unless you want to spend 22 or 27 bucks. And look, I would have spent that, so it is my own fault, but sometimes I just think to myself, like, this ticket was really expensive, do you know what I mean? It wasn't cheap, it was very expensive. And, um, and they don't serve anything, like, even just, like, a light little refreshment. So, uh, I guess that was, that was shocking, and I think something that maybe it'd be cool if they, they did for what you're paying, but hey, my fault at the end of the day, I do know that, uh, just my, from my experience flying other airlines, um, I get it when you're flying like a Jetstar or a Virgin Australia or an EasyJet, but it's not something I would have experienced, because I've flown all those airlines, do you know what I mean? I've flown those airlines. I just wouldn't have expected it on Air Canada for the prices you're paying, the flight experience for the six hours was, was not too bad. I, I wasn't able to sleep. I was really, really uncomfortable, like, getting to sleep. I don't know why that was. I may have just been dreading the journey ahead, uh, but I wasn't able to sleep. But I wouldn't say that's on the product. I think that's just me struggling to sleep. The recline was, as you would expect on any um, aircraft that's a narrow body, it was, it was decent. You know, it, it does the job for most people and would have done the job for me should I have been... Well, should I say if I'd been able to sleep. Um, is there anything else for me to cover? Like overall thoughts on the flights? Both were fine, adequate. Do you know what I mean? You get on a plane, you get a seat. You really can't complain too much, but the inner flight reviewer in me that doesn't really exist but has to do it for this podcast, almost I have to dissect everything um, and really try and find the pros and the cons, as in I love the experiences. I thought the cabin product was perfect, but maybe this could have been improved on or whatever. But then that's just making the perfect um, experience, and is that really that realistic? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. So, is it worth the money? No, in my opinion, it's not worth the money. It's comfortable, but I think when it comes to everything else, it's probably not worth the money. But then again, it depends what you want. If you're flying an hour and it's a decent price, go right ahead. But... Uh, in hindsight, I don't necessarily think it's completely worth the money, but that's just my two cents on that. And of course, I've already covered how the service compares to other airlines, um, and I, it was I didn't really speak to anyone for any of the flights uh, because naturally the crew was not doing like a service; they were just I don't know what they were doing, but they weren't necessarily doing a service of we're going to give you food. We're gonna I think the only thing they did was like waters and like tea and coffee and then that was it for the six hours so i didn't interact with any of the crew not that i usually do um but it wasn't like say the experience on Qantas with the peanut allergy where it was above and beyond um but that's my personal experience and honestly if i'm going to be like completely truthful i don't really care about the service per se in on the plane it is what it is do you know what I mean? I'm just there for the seat and to get to my destination uh, as quickly as possible. So if someone isn't the nicest, I don't really mind. Not everyone in this world's nice and it is what it is. I think that's going to conclude the podcast. Like I'll mention, if you if you do want to watch the video that sort of goes with this podcast, well, you can. It's on the YouTube channel. It should be, well, it depends how early you're listening to this podcast because I think the video may be going out three hours or something or maybe even like a, one hour after publishing this podcast, or this, or maybe the videos come out beforehand. But hey, just check out the YouTube channel and you'll be able to find the Air Canada 737 Max flight review. Spent a lot of time editing and getting it all perfect, and I'm very, very proud of the end result. So your support there would be very much appreciated. Next week, we'll, I'll be back with just a routine podcast because I should have recovered from my surgery. 
fingers crossed, but obviously this is pre-recorded. Um, yeah, thanks very much for the support. Do be sure to follow and drop the podcast a review of five stars if you do enjoy it. And uh, yeah, appreciate all the support. Appreciate everyone tuning in very much. So just a fun thing I do on the side. But yeah, take care, be safe, and I will see you next week for another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.